Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. Thanks for joining the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood. Joining me as always, we've got Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood. We hope you had a great Father's Day weekend. We've got a show so hot tonight, we're just going to jump right to it. We're going to get into our great summer value buys in Dynasty. Drums, please. It's definitely summer in Dynasty Leagues, and a lot of rookie drafts are, are wrapping up. So now it's time to kind of assess where you're at uh, and, and, and try to go out there and get some guys because we've observed we think there's some tremendous values. And the Fancy Joes right now are going to share with you our uh, great summer value buys, guys you should target right now. This is some real actionable advice. So, Trey, why don't you go first this time? Give give us a guy. Give us a guy you've seen that seems like a tremendous value. Yeah, so I want to tell I want to tell you about a guy. I want to I want to paint a little picture for you. Okay, I want you to let me know if you'd be <laughs> interested in with the with the running back renaissance that we have going on in the NFL right now. Could I interest you in a 24 year old running back that's likely to be the starter for his team in the NFL this year? This 24 year old running back is currently going as running back 25 in dynasty startups yet he led the NFL in rushing the last five weeks of last season, which was the only time that Kenyon Drake was a full-time starter in the NFL. This guy, when he had over 20 touches last year, put up over hundred yards in every single game. And I think that the opportunity, I think that the Miami offense is an offense that I'm looking to buy shares of in best ball leagues and in redraft leagues, because I think people are sleeping on Ryan Tannehill. I think people are sleeping on Devontae Parker. I think people are sleeping on the aforementioned Mike Gusecki and, and Danny Amendola. I think that Kenyon Drake has an incredible potential this year. It would not surprise me at all for Kenyon Drake, if he stays healthy, to be a top 15 running back this year in the NFL. And you can currently get him as the 25th running back off the board. I mean, he's got draft capital. And, and I think that there's a, a, a great opportunity for him to really come out this year with the chance to be the full-time starter. I know that the, you know, uh, 45-year-old Frank Gore is there, uh, you know, going to probably take some touches. But I, I really like Kenyon Drake, and I think the opportunity there for him out of the big year is, is phenomenal. Hey, Trey, do you like Drake beyond this year? Because I, 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 I'm with you. I think he's going to have a good year this year. Because it's not going to be Frank Gore. And I, th- I like Kenyon Drake quite a bit. But he's going to need some work uh, before he's ready to, t- to take over that backfield, if, if he's ever there. So do you like Drake just for the 2018 season? Or do you think he's got value beyond? Well, I think that, you know, I, I was trying to pull up his contract situation here. I know that he's going into his fourth year. So I, I don't know at what point it comes in where they have to, you know, declare whether or not they're going to, you know, give him the fifth year. Sure. Well, I'll t- let's test it to Will while you're looking that up. So, Will, what do you think about Kenyon Drake? 
Yeah, and you, you he, he can't have a fifth year because he wasn't a first-round draft pick. They'd have to re-sign him. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not – I've kind of flip-flopped a little bit. I don't think I'm that high on Kenyon Drake, one, because it is that, that Dolphins offense, and I just don't see them doing big things this year at all. So for me to be a one-year fan of them is going to be pretty tough. Uh, and he just doesn't have the the workload. If he's – you know, if I got him for – let's say somebody's like, hey, the 202 or 201 or maybe even like 112 rookie pick, I'll give you – that for Kenyon Drake, that would be something I would consider just because I think there is a path to immediate production. But overall, the his whole history is uh, just littered with question marks, including in his last year's production. So uh, overall, I'm probably a little bit lower on Kenyon Drake. But again, he's not going super high. So you don't have to invest too much if you have a strong belief in what he can do. How about that for like a middle ground? I like it. Middle ground, safe, very safe. <laughs> uh, and he's under contract for he's under contract for two more years, so yeah. So so it, it, it'll be interesting. I think I think one of the questions is, is how good is that Miami Miami Dolphins offense going to be? JJ uh, be, uh, Zacharyson uh, on his his podcast he was talking about like traits to look for for breakout running backs, and, w- and one of the things that that you look for in a breakout running back is a running back's in a good offense. I mean, it seems like uh, common sense, right? But that's one of the things I worry about. Um, How good is that Miami Dolphins offense going to be? It could be better than we think, right? It it could be. But I I guess that's one of my hesitations with going too far. But I think at that value, I I don't think it's a bad chance to take, especially depending on how you build um, some of your rosters. I'm in a league where I did a startup uh, draft this year, and um, I I drafted Mark Ingram as kind of my running back one because I went heavy, you know, kind of like the zero RB approach. And um, I did pick up Drake, and, and I'm happy that I did because he's probably my running back one. So I really hope you're right, Trey, uh, because I need him to to hit <laughs> in that league. So I, I, I like I like I like the discussion on Drake, an, an interesting guy, and he could he might he might just be a really good value. And you should shop around because a guy like this, we talk about what he's going for in ADP, but but there there are a lot of people that are down on him in general. So you might be able to get him for a really good deal in your league. So send out some offers to the Drake owner, and you might be get, able to get him for a lot less than that that corresponding value with ADP. What what kind of draft pick would you send for for Drake? Like what would you be comfortable giving up, guys? I think in this year's in this year's draft, probably you know if it's just a standard PPR league, I probably would give up a late first for him. I think I'd rather have him than you know some of the wide receivers there that you take in the back half of the first round. I think that, you know, the, the, the guys that are in like the top six, you know, running backs for me, I would prefer to have over him. But otherwise, I'm, I'd be pretty happy sending probably like the 110 through 112 for Kenyon Drake. Because I think that even if even if he doesn't have long-term value, like for instance, in 24 months, I expect DJ Moore to likely be worth more than Kenyon Drake. But in six months, nine months, 12 months, I, I expect Kenyon Drake. I think he's a guy that's going to really shoot up in value. And I think that there will be some excellent sell opportunities in the coming year um, as well. But I, I think he's a guy that when he had, when he got the opportunity last, he's, he's never had the opportunity as a full-time starter. When he got it last year, he led the NFL in rushing over the last five years in an, on an offense that was terrible with a Jay Cutler as his quarterback. Say no so, more. I mean, I, you know that, so, you know, despite being in a terrible offense last year, it's no small thing to lead the NFL in rushing. And I know it was only five games, but still, I mean, go look at his production. Those last, look at the game logs, those last five games. I mean, he, they were using him in the passing game. He was getting a lot of touches in the running game. I mean, he, he averaged almost five yards a carry last year. And, um, and then go look at some highlights. I mean, the guy, is, the guy is a dynamic running back. The talent is there. Now the opportunity is there. 
And so I just, I think that it's a, a great opportunity for his value to skyrocket. I, I love the thought process, Trey, because you're right. Think about like in six months from now, you trade that 112, for example, for Drake. You know, what, what, what is that value going to be like, you know, corresponding? Whether you get a, a wide receiver there or, you know, one of, those, one of those running backs that might fall to you in that spot. I, I, I think that, that that's a good way to look at it. Well, anything else before we move on to your guy, your summer value buy? Uh, yeah, I think Kenyon Drake's a good value. I just would say there's also names out there, like the way C.J. Anderson finished that one year and it was super strong, and then it was like a first-round draft pick the next year, and then Jeremy Hill, if it goes another case of where you expect a guy who's going to get a big workload and improve quite a bit who falls short. And so for every you know for every person that's like, uh, done well at the end of the season and done well the next year, like a David Johnson, there's always the opposite case. And so when you're looking at it, just make just make sure you're comfortable with where you're taking him and you're not reaching too far. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So let's move on to your first summer value buy. This is a guy who's been talked about quite a bit on, on other podcasts and things like that, but I think there's one guy who is, is value on what you're seeing on ADP right now and what's coming out. I still feel like you can buy him a little bit cheaper. You could get him in the second half of the first round pick, and that's, that's Derrick Henry. Uh, so his – his cost has dropped pretty far, and I was doing looking into this, and I was like, well, he's going coming into his third year in the NFL, so what does that mean? Do people ever break out in their third year? If a running back doesn't hit in year one or year two, does it even happen? Like, how rare is this, and can I can I rationalize it? Can I put together this thing for, for, for Derrick Henry uh, comparatively? I know I, I, I didn't really – I kind of wanted to look up this for, for a while about him, and I have this big running back document that I'm putting together that's going to be a lot more – uh, it's going to be a lot more like better organized and things like that. But this is kind of where it stems from. Uh, it just doesn't come from me. It, it was kind of me trying to find a third year running back that I think can break out. And that I basically just landed on Derrick Henry. So there is a little bit of kind of, of looking for something like this and me just finding it through some general research. The reason I just mentioned that is I didn't pick Derrick Henry because I'm not actually the biggest fan of him by any means, uh, and then find stats about him. I kind of found him through some research and then looked further into it. And I think at this moment, so in the DLF ADP, they have him at the – he's right around the, the 38th pick and the 17th running back off the board. And I think that the 17th running back will drop quite a bit. And I think you're going to be able to snag more value because guys like Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, you know, Ronald Jones, all the, all the rookies are going after him. And I think you'd be able to trade you know, like a Royce Freeman maybe or a Ronald Jones for Derrick Henry and be able to score some value. To, to go back to the research for a second, so – a couple so since 2010, these are the stats I was looking at. I just wanted to highlight a few, like a few third-year breakouts that kind of shocked a lot of people. Uh, C.J. Spiller was the first one that I found, and he went from RB27 in his second year in the NFL to RB6, uh, jumping up 98 PPR points. And he kind of fizzled out after that, but it's definitely possible for a guy to make a huge jump. Uh, Carlos Hyde with Frank Gore leaving. I feel like Carlos Hyde is a, a decently, uh, at least visually comparable uh, running back to to what Henry is. And so when he left in his from his second to third year, when Carlos uh, was sorry, when Frank Gore left, he went from RB sixty two to RB nineteen, uh, and then he only and he only played seven games in year two and thirteen in year three. But overall, he jumped one hundred eleven PPR points. Like he made this massive jump, and it isn't only to the RB nineteen. But after that, you know, he was a lot of higher value. So that's kind of an example of a mediocre jump. Uh, another comparable one that I think is worth mentioning overall is, is Chris Ivory. So Chris Ivory. Uh, from his second to third year, jumped from RB3, 23 to RB11 from two to three. So 152 PPR points to 203 for a difference of 51. And that's a pretty big jump for a guy that, you know, Chris Ivory, I feel like the year that everybody thought he was going to break out and do better, he did. And he battled through some injuries and, and things like that through uh, through that year. But anyway, just another decent example of a guy breaking out in year three. 
Uh, one of the ones I really wanted to highlight as far as athletic profile, because Derrick Henry has an extremely good athletic profile for, for how big he is and how fast he's and how agile is, is, is DeMarco Murray. So DeMarco Murray in year two, he was RB26. Uh, and then in the, his year three, he jumped up to RB6, jumping 110 PPR points overall. Uh, he did play only 10 games in year two, but he only played 14 games in year three. So if you want to look up like massive jumps in an, an offense that had a really good offensive line, uh, they didn't have the mobile quarterback. They had a better quarterback in Tony Romo when he did that. But uh, I think that the the stars are kind of aligning for Derrick Henry to make a big jump. And the signing of Deion Lewis, which wasn't even that – I just don't take it as big a deal as I think some other people do, drove his value down far enough now to where it's a good buy opportunity to to, to trade maybe like the 108 and see if you can get – you know maybe pair that with a little something or maybe not even anything else and see if that Derrick Henry owner is tired of owning him because he hasn't done anything for him yet. Yeah, I, I think, and as all listeners know, on one hand, a guy like Dion Lewis coming in, he, he's not reliable. He does not have a very good track record in the NFL of, of, of being healthy. So there's that. But you're forgetting one thing, Will. They signed this kid out of Iowa, Akram Wadley, that's probably going to push Derrick Henry for some, comp, you know, for, some, for some snaps there. So don't sleep on, uh, on Wadley. The Akron factor is there, but he's taking over for <laughs> Dion Lewis after Dion Lewis is out. After yeah, all right. Um, yeah, no, Derek Henry is, is fascinating to me because he's a guy that's kind of, he's like a yo-yo. He's gone up and down. And it seems like he's kind of bouncing back because I think you're right. The Dion Lewis signing really hurt his value. And now people are starting to think about it like, well, wait a second. You know, look at, look at what Dion Lewis has done in his career. And uh, he's not as big a threat to Derek Henry as, as, as we might think. I mean, they were going to, they had to bring somebody in. I mean, he's not going to get all the carries, all the touches, right? So Trey, where, where do you stand on this? Do you think he, Derek Henry has become this, this value where he, cause he's fallen so far because of the, the, the Lewis signing or what? Uh, honestly, I don't. And, and here's the thing with, and I sold Derek Henry in, you know, the league of ballers that we're all in um, earlier this off season for the one Oh five, which I turned into Josh Rosen. And I was ecstatic about that. I, I thought that I was, I was very happy to get the one Oh five for Derek Henry. And I, I think, the thing that concerns me about Derrick Henry is that for Tennessee to go out with the, with the depth of running back in this draft and the number of running backs that were available um, in free agency to, to run out. And it, it wasn't like they signed Deion Lewis to, you know, extremely lucrative contract, but I feel like that Deion Lewis is just as good uh, as Derrick Henry at running between the tackles. And I think that he's a little bit better as a pass catcher and his agility and athleticism. I obviously the big concern with Deion Lewis is health, but I don't, I think that the Tennessee Titans by bringing in DeMarco Murray and then drafting Derrick Henry, and then it's, you know, DeMarco Murray leaves and they spend that money. I think that they're basically identifying that they want to have multiple running backs they can use and go about it as more of a committee. And Derrick Henry is the kind of running back that really needs to dominate the touches in a backfield, I think, to be really productive. I know that the, his, the, the way that he padded his stats with the long runs um, when, when some games were already out of hand last year has, has been well documented by some other podcasts. Um, and, you know, I think that Derrick Henry is going to be a fascinating guy to watch for the next two years because it's going to be quite interesting to see what comes of him. He's just not a guy. I mean, I, I do see why if you're a believer, he, he's one of those guys that you either believe in or you don't. But I mean, for me, what you're believing in for Derrick Henry is something that you haven't seen 
other than his junior year, his final year at Alabama, he's never been a workhorse in any offense. I mean, he got 395 carries his junior year at Alabama. The year before, he got like 172. And I think since being in the NFL, his, his top carries have been in the 160 or 170 range. So he's never been a workhorse back other than that one last year he was at Alabama. And it's only been a few years, two years in the NFL and, and three years at, at Alabama. But I just don't know that the Titans believe that they want to – I mean, if he gets 250 to 280 touches this coming season, I think that, yes, where he's going right now in drafts is – uh, going to present him as a value. I just don't know that I see, I, I think I see him maxing out at about 180 or 200 touches. Um, given Dion Lewis, obviously his health is going to be a major part of that. Okay. Here, here's a question for you guys. And I may be mispronouncing his last name, but do you know who David Flulin is? David Flulin. He no. is the number three running back on the depth chart right now in Tennessee, according to rlads.com. The number four is Akram Wadley. Not and then you've got, Dallin Dawkins is the number five running back. So I think one of the things here that um, you got, you got to look at is just as much as like, I'm not a big believer in Derrick Henry's talent necessarily, but that situation, I, I, I just worry about Deion Lewis. I love Deion Lewis. I think he's a great story, but man, if you look at his track record, his history, he's bound to miss some games, bound to miss some time. And, and you're, you're going to have Derrick Henry and that's it. And, and actually looking at this depth chart makes me a little bit higher on Akron Wadley because Maybe he's going to get some touches and be have some viability. I hate to hate to say that because that's going to go to Will's head because he's been talking about it a long time. <laughs> but anyway, looking at the depth chart, it, it's pretty eye opening to me. If they could bring somebody in, maybe they sign. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think who's out there on the free agent market still. Uh, I, I guess does yeah, Demarco, DeMarco Murray is what I was about to say, but no, no, no. Uh, so anyway, it's it's an interesting <laughs> conversation and and just a guy that I think we're going to just it's kind of it probably depending on your league, you know, th- there will be guys I won't won't give him up for the you know, you have from the 104 and then other leagues, the guy might take the, the 108 or 109 for him. I think he's got that kind of fluctuating value still. People are trying to figure him out. So uh, great conversation, guys. Wait, didn't the Titans bring over? Yeah, they brought over Matt LaFleur from the, uh, the, the historic Rams last year. Yes. And I think that's kind of an underrated thing that's not being talked about. I think their offense, and sorry to continue to just, just kind of pound and that, the, the table, because I'm not really pounding the table for Derek Henry, because I don't like, I think he's just a decent value. I'm not, I'm not in love with him. I, I, I think clearly I would love for Akramali to take over that backfield. Uh, but that I think their offense is just going to be so less anemic than it was this year. And it, where he is, he's just going to be, you're just looking at an opportunity to buy somebody where I feel like he either will from here wash out or he's going to be a really, really valuable dynasty asset. Yeah, very good. Very good. So I think I'm obligated to talk about an Alabama running back since we've talked about two is great summer buys. So I'll go with Mark Ingram, and I'll tell you why. Uh, oh, wait, uh, I forgot. He's going to miss the first four games of the season. Um, you know, maybe he is a guy you could talk about as a summer value. That's not who I'm going to talk about, though. I do have a kind of a maybe a bold prediction here. And, and what I think that, you know, looking back at that uh, tight end class in 2017, Everyone talked about, you know, how this is a historic tight end class. And I think at the end of the day, I still think there's enough talent in that 2017 tight end class that it's going to be compared to that 2010 tight end class where you had Gronk and Jimmy Graham, Aaron Hernandez uh, for, for a while anyway. So I think that the second round tight end that's going to break out in his sophomore year uh, might just be Gerald Everett. Might just be Gerald Everett. And there are other candidates too. You know, Adam Shaheen, um, the Bears may use him in sneaky ways. He may have some value. There's another, another tight end we might talk about later. But I, I think 
that no one's talking about Gerald Everett and you can get him for, for really nothing right now. And, and I, I think that, you know, in that Los Angeles Rams offense, he, he could be a tremendous value. They, they want to, uh, Sean McVay wants to have a tight end like, like he had with, with Jordan Reed. Uh, you know, be a weapon in, in, in his offense and be a focal point. And I think they drafted Gerald Everett last year to do that. And I think he's learned enough where this could be the year he certainly could break out. And it's not going to cost you much to find out. I, I think you could get him for a, a third round pick. He, he's a guy on some rosters. I bet they're trying. They, I bet there are some teams that own him. And they and, and I'm one of the owners too that I have him a lot of places. And I've drafted rookies, and I'm like, oh, I got to clear up some room for these rookies. Who am I going to drop? And Gerald Everett's the name I look at, but I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. He's, he might break out here in 2018. So that's my guy, a guy you can get for nothing, really. guy that might get dropped soon that you can pick up, Gerald Everett. He went to South Alabama for college, so we're still sticking in the state at least. Oh, good. That's right. That's my loophole, I guess. <laughs> he, was also, he was also the McVeigh regime. I was just going to call it the McVeigh regime. He was, he was their first pick. That's right. I think that matters quite a bit. They're gonna, they want to know that they were right or wrong with their process, so he's going to have a great opportunity. And you, you just want a part of that Rams offense. I mean, yeah, eat them up. Right. And, you know, there, there's uh, Tyler Hybe there who's dropped in the fourth round in, in 2016 uh, out of Western Kentucky. But, but you're right. That was, that was a Jeff Fisher, uh, Jeff Fisher guy. So, um, so I know I, I think that, that Everett is, is, has the, the profile of, of what they're looking for in that offense. So, yeah, so I'm excited about his prospects. And maybe it doesn't happen this year. Maybe it's third year. But, you know, get, get him now while you can. Um, b- before he he busts out, so and, and that's just a bold prediction. Trey, what do you think of Gerald Everett? You, have you thought about him at all? Yeah, I do like him. He's a guy that I liked a lot last year, and and I have him on a couple rosters. And you're right, it, it is he is one of those guys you look at and you're like, uh, maybe I you know could could drop this guy, but but I do think that he has some potential, and I think that you know his his athleticism. He, he came from the small school. That was kind of the knock. But I think his athleticism, I, I think, certainly is a guy that's worth looking at. And like you said, he is free or cheap. So if you lost Hunter Henry or you're just not quite sure what your uh, strategy is going to be at tight end this year, um, if you've got a guy that's a little bit older that is potentially an injury risk, I think Gerald Everett is an outstanding guy to have uh, kind of as a into roster guy at a position that we've, as we've talked about a couple times in this podcast already, uh, it is, is ever shifting. He could, he could easily find himself moving up into that tight end one category as a dynasty, you know, tight end one moving forward with a strong showing this year. And, and as will, you know, hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's the Rams offense that you want to own a piece of. Think about saying that two years ago. <laughs> we weren't. Okay. We, we got some other guys. Let's move a little bit faster here. So uh, Trey, who, who's the next guy on your list? Let, let's get out of the state of Alabama. If we can, is it possible? Yeah, we are, but I'm actually going to stick with a guy that played his college football in the SEC. I'm going to throw some numbers out to you. These are the number of targets by the number two wide receiver in Green Bay the last four seasons. 100, 121, 126, and 100. And then these are the statistics that Randall Cobb, who's going to be the number two receiving option in that offense this year, these are the statistics. And even if you uh, reduce by 80% that big year he had where he had 1,200 yards receiving and 12 touchdowns, even if you reduce that by 20% just because it was a big year, the three years that Randall Cobb has averaged or has received over 100 targets, 
he's averaged 83 receptions for 920 something yards and seven touchdowns. So Randall Cobb currently is in the DLF ADP for the month of May is going off the board as 119th pick overall and the 55th 5-5 wide receiver. And you're talking about a guy that I think has an absolute ceiling of middle to low end wide receiver two this year. And I feel like a very safe floor. I mean, I think the likelihood that Randall Cobb is below wide receiver 40 this year, if he doesn't get hurt in a PPR league is less than 10%. So I think there's out and he's only 27 years old. He's not 30. He's not 29. I think that you're looking at a guy that has shown the ability to get open. Jordy Nelson is no longer in green Bay. And I mean, Devontae Adams, while I think is a dynasty darling right now, um, has been largely dependent on touchdowns for his fantasy production. I think that Randall Cobb is an absolute awesome buy for this offseason and has a, a great opportunity to have a great 2018. Yeah, I, I like this a lot. You know, he had that amazing season in, in 2014, and he hasn't been able to replicate it. But that's not what you're going to have to go out to and pay for him, as you said. I, I mean, he's been this, um, you know, really been putting up like uh, when he's been healthy, which has been most of the time, you know, the wider, low and wide receiver two, high and wide receiver three stats, Trey. I, you know, I think you're right. So I think he is a great value. And I think people are starting to pick up on it. So he, he is definitely a guy that you should get sooner rather than later. Um, you, you definitely we, we've talked about this a lot in the in the, in the offseason that you want to get weapons in that Green Bay offense while you can uh, will anything any other thoughts about, about Cobb no I'm just on board with those I'll, I'll throw another guy that's on my list I'll just throw him out there quickly they can get for really you know kind of next to nothing again is, is Geronimo Allison the University of Illinois product you know maybe the only player in the NFL <laughs> that, that went to University of Illinois that might be fantasy viable this year I think it's it's uh, safe to say Maybe there are a few others. Maybe there's some IDP players I'm I'm overlooking right now. But you know he's he's their wide receiver three right now, and they drafted a lot of wide receivers to come in, and and, and maybe there are guys like like uh, D'Angelo Yancey off the top of my head that that may um, win that job. But I think he's a guy that's worth going out and grabbing and putting on your roster because he's not going to cost you very much. Another guy that might get um, dropped. A guy that I've seen in, in, in rookie drafts I've had where they're free agents, you know, options. He's one of those guys that's out there that you can draft in like your you know fifth round of your rookie draft. So I, I like Allison a lot. Allison's had a handful of games in his career. The final thing I'll say about him in his career where he's flashed. So people don't remember Cincinnati last year, game three, caught six balls, 122 yards. You know, he's only have, has a couple of touchdowns in his career, his, his rookie season. So, yeah, I, I think people look at the stat sheet and they, they see he's done very little. But, you know, he's, he's there on the depth chart, the number three wide receiver. So – I, I like Allison in that Green Bay offense. It's not going to cost you much to, you know, to buy the lottery ticket. Will, who's your next guy? Uh, so my next one was going to be Alan Hearns. First off, he's allergic to grass and is finally moving to a dome. Granted, it's to a division where that's the only dome he'll be playing in. Uh, and he has struggled with health these past years, posting 11 and 10 games played. He's only 26. He's had that 1,000-yard season under his belt and is dirt cheap. What does scare me is this, this Dallas passing offense, I think, just might be one to avoid. Top receiving options have been 838 yards, and then back in 2016, it was Cole Beasley with 833 yards. So, but at the end of the day, after looking at all those things, I'm actually flipping this. I want no part of the Dallas passing game. <laughs> so he's a guy you buy 
at a value and then you regret it. And then you try to like talk to the other, other, other owners in the league. Like I just bought this guy. He's a real steal. You want to, you want to take him for me from yeah, me? I was looking at dudes that were super cheap. And as I went down the path, I was like, ugh, I'm out. <laughs> and I think Alan Hearns actually is not as cheap as, as maybe he should be because I think people are starting to are buying into that. Well, Dallas has to have a, have a they have to have somebody be their wide receiver one. So it's got to be Alan Hearns. Right. So. It'll also test that people actually listen to my whole paragraph versus just the name at the beginning. <laughs> Trey Allen Hearns for you, a guy that you, you want. Oh man. He, you know, he's, he's got, he's probably one of those guys I just won't buy. I don't own him anywhere. You know, like I just, you know, if you could get him real cheap, if, if you need a wide receiver, if you're kind of thin at wide receiver, I think he's a guy that you could kick the tires on. Unfortunately, I think he's a guy that whoever owns right now probably values a little higher than he should. So he, he may just not be a guy that you um, can, can pick up. And, and I think I'm kind of neutral on him. Okay. Fair enough. I, I've got a kind of a, a and I've, I mentioned him on the show before, but since, since you went, you mentioned Traquan Smith, I'm going to me- mention Ben Watson again, because when I was looking at those tight ends that, that appeared on that, that tight end one list since 2010, a guy that showed up a few times was, was Ben Watson. So he's, he's old as dirt. He's older than Calvin Ridley, as we've joked about on past shows, but to double check that. you know, I, I, I think, I mean, he's a guy I've seen going for once again, you know, you're, you're those mixed rookie free agent drafts. He's out there, you know, as a, as a free agent. I mean, some teams still have him rostered because he was viable towards the end of last year in Baltimore. Maybe they picked him up to, to plug him in and play. Um, but another guy you can get for, for nothing that he could be a tight end one this year, guys. I mean, call me crazy, but he's done it before. And we talked about it. I mean, he's got a good situation going to New Orleans. If he could just, you know, play, stay on the field, not get hurt. He's done it before. Yeah, what more do you want? Yeah, I like that. I like that take, actually, the, the, the possibility of him fill, finishing as a tight end one. I think there's well, a low end tight end one, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, tight end one's a tight end one, man. <laughs> yeah, love right. that's right. <laughs> I mean, the actual tight end one and tight end twelve is so massive. Oh, huge! Oh my goodness. If he plays, massive. I would say if Ben Watson <laughs> plays like fourteen games, he finishes a tight end one. Oh man. Hmm. Other guys, Trey. Who's who's your uh, who's your next guy? All right, I got a mystery man. I want to, you know, kind of like the running him. back situation. I got, I got a wide receiver here, and I, I want to I propose to you that this is a guy that many thought could potentially break out last year, which was his third year in the NFL. But he struggled with injuries, and the, the offense, his team as a whole, was kind of disappointing. And uh, so this is a guy that in the, the 10 game, this is a decent sample size. Will, in your extrapolations, I'm, I'm going to – I'm going to take to the extrapolations here. Yeah. So in the 10, in the, in the 10 games last year that this wide receiver was healthy and was targeted six or more times, there were 10 of them. <laughs> he had 50, 54 catches for 650 yards and one touchdown. If, if you were to extrapolate that, he was also targeted 88 times. If you extrapolate that over a 16-game season, it's 140 targets for 86 catches, 1,000 yards, and 1.7 touchdowns. We'll round that to two. But you're talking about wide receiver two production. And this young man was taken 14th overall by the Miami Dolphins. I'm talking about none other than the darling himself, Devontae Parker. And as I mentioned earlier, this is a team that has over 200 targets in the passing game that was vacated. I know that there's a lot of people that are down on Devontae Parker. He's currently in in, uh, May ADP being taken as uh, pick 70 and uh, wide receiver 34. But for a 24-year-old with first-round draft capital, who really has been 
I, I know, like, Adam Gaze and the offseason buzz was a complete joke last year. But he continues to say that Devontae Parker is a leader in that clubhouse, that he's taking, taking things more seriously. And the thing for me, and Ryan and I had this conversation on a, a Voxer chat the other day, is the cost is so minimal, but the upside is so great. I anticipate, and I think that the Dolphins believe that he has the potential to really turn into a wide receiver one for, for NFL team reasons. Otherwise, I think that they wouldn't have let Jarvis Landry get away. So I, I continue to believe in the possibility. I know that the deck, the deck is stacked against him, but I think Devontae Parker is a value, and I think that his upside is immense. Yeah, he's talented. I mean, we've seen flashes of it, so it, it could happen. Um, and when he was healthy last year, he produced. I mean, you know, the games where he was was not battling, and that, that's what Adam Gaze has said, you know, that, that last year he really anticipated that Parker would break out, but injuries kind of derailed that. And you can see it because you can see the very beginning of the year and the very end of the year when he, when he had gotten over whatever the injury was that befell him in the middle of the season. He was really producing. And again, as we talked about uh, in an offense that was just abysmal last year. So, will you going to go out and uh, buy some Devontae Parker shares? No. I mean, I, 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 love, I love the points, but that offense and Devontae Parker, his draft capital was propped up by, I believe it was Teddy Bridgewater was his quarterback when he was there. And uh, he just, the offseason hype with the Dolphins, this isn't the year I'm buying in. Not quite yet. Well, and I think too, you know, you know what's crazy? I don't know. Ryan Tannehill is another guy like, I don't know why people just completely dismiss. He didn't play last year and, and it was the Jay Cutler experiment. But if you go back and look at the fantasy production, Jared Goff is a guy right now that's going like in the top eight of dynasty quarterbacks. And I know he was the number one pick overall and the, you know, this historic Rams offense. But if you look at Ryan Tannehill's fantasy production, the three years pre- preceding last year, his fantasy production was right on par with where Jared Goff was last year in his fantasy production. So, I, I mean, with, a, with Adam Gase there, having an opportunity to work with him all offseason, I, I think that I'm not calling for the Miami Dolphins to be the Rams of 2018 by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that there's going to be some exciting options there. I think that Ryan Tannehill is – I mean, God, he's – I mean, I bet in super flex leagues you could probably get Ryan Tannehill for a third-round pick, and he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. And he gives you two or 300 yards rushing every year. Maybe it's just because it's really late. I'm talking about all these dolphins, but <laughs> I think Dolphin I think delirium. that I think that there's I think that there's a very very good possibility that Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, and Devontae Parker's ADP is all greater than where they are right now in six months and in twelve months. All three of them. Carolina Reaper, fo- folks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm yeah. Uh, I'd be shocked if Drake was higher. I guess because he'd be a year older. And people are weird about that. Yeah, but if he if he does, you know, if he if he puts up RB one numbers, if he if he can, and it's a big if, but if he can do it, you know, then he'll definitely go up in value for sure. Yeah. Remember the recency bias. People, you know, like, like look at the yo yo that was uh, Amari Cooper. You know, it, like this last year where people were super down on Amari Cooper, and then all of a sudden he had that huge game. Remember that huge game he had? Wasn't the Monday night game? If memory serves. And then all of a sudden Amari Cooper, people are like talking him up, and his value goes back up again, and then. He, he ends the year kind of poorly and it starts to go down. We're just so, you know, we're just so 
you know, wishy-washy. Like, what, 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 what have you done for me lately? What did you do for me last week? It's just amazing to, to see that. It really is. And we all know it. And you hear it time and time again. But you can't help it. You, you, may, you may have a guy on your roster and you think, okay, you know, as soon as, as he has this big game, maybe you've got Parker on your roster and you're like, you know, as soon as Parker, if he, he goes out and has a big week one, I'm going to shop him around my league. I want to get him off my roster. But guess what? He has that big week one and all of a sudden you're thinking, man, the guy just caught two touchdowns, you know, uh, 135 yards. I, maybe I should hold on for a week and see what happens with this. That's, yeah. that's the way this is. It's so psychological. Well, cause it's really if he has a big week one and I'm in the league, yeah. If he has a big week one and I'm in the league with you, shoot me an offer because I'll take him. I don't own him anywhere, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, no DP for me. I just, I just feel that what is it's his fourth year, right, Trey? Fourth year in the league. It's going into his fourth season. Yeah, and I just think that, and it, I know it can happen in the fourth year, fifth year, but I don't know. Like, I, I guess I, 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 I'm not a guy that drafted him, and I might feel differently if I had taken him in a rookie draft, you know, three years ago or whatever. But I, I, I just like to go out and buy a guy like that that just still hasn't shown it I, I and, and in a bit of probably what's going to be a bad offense i don't know i'm not real compelled to do it i agree the value is pretty good it's just not not the type of guy i want to target this is me i think we've i think we've just gotten really spoiled by the immediate production we've gotten from some of these recent wide receiver classes and so i think some of these guys that are taking a little longer and you know again for someone you know if you if you go back and look watch some highlights i mean i don't know i watched a couple dolphins games last year and uh, I mean, it was treacherous. It was absolutely treacherous. And so, you know, for a guy, you know, wide receiver, the year three is kind of always the, you know, stereotypical year of the breakout. And I think we were kind of spoiled by that 2014 class, wasn't it? Where you had the Allen Robinsons and the Odell Beckhams and, you know, you get all this early production. Um, so, and, and Devontae Parker is a guy that I've liked. And, and so, you know, I, I, um, but, it, but for me, it was just purely looking – I was even a little surprised when I went back and looked at the numbers for the, for the games that he was healthy and, and played the full game and was actually targeted uh, that he put up the production that he did. I, I was – I mean, you know, that's the thing for me is that it's not just – you know, you're not just hoping on um, – I mean, for, for the 10 games that he actually was a, a part of that offense, you know, he actually had some wide receiver two-level production in a PPR league. So I, I think that that's the, we'll see. It's going to be, I mean, this is definitely a make or break year for him. I think that he's, you know, he's, a, he's, I think that one thing is for certain in 12 months, his ADP will not be what it is right now. It's either going to be <laughs> two, two rounds higher or six rounds lower. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Looking at the 2015 draft class, I, I just feel like, in a way, we can make judgment calls on some of these guys. Like even the guy that it feels like we wanted to give up on Nelson Aguilar, I think we think he has some value. I'm looking at the first round uh, wide receivers, and maybe maybe Parker arguably is the only one that we're just we're going to decide this year is is a guy you just want to throw away or not. Because Amari Cooper, no matter what he is, he's going to have value. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a wide receiver one, but he's going to stick around the league for a long time, right? Kevin White, I'm ready to throw him away. Parker, um, question mark. Then Aguilar guy to keep around in your roster Richard Perryman we've thrown him away right any hope for Perryman no no and then Philip Dorsett you hold out hope for Dorsett hey, so, now. Uh, I just feel like it's time to to, to move on I mean I, I I don't know I just think there are too many missed opportunities uh you know plugging up too many valuable roster spots by hanging on to guys too long and maybe I'm wrong and maybe I miss out on some fourth fifth year wide receivers but I don't know maybe I'll give a guy three years and then I'm I'm ready to go you know what's crazy, too? Talking about Aguilar, 
you, you know, everybody's super high on Aguilar, right? Because he's this up and coming wide receiver. Well, if you look at Nelson Aguilar, I mean, effectively, he's one year older than Devontae Parker. Last year, his, his quote-unquote breakout year, Nelson Aguilar put up 768 yards and eight touchdowns, 62 catches. Well, Devontae Parker in his second season had 56 receptions for 744 yards and four touchdowns. And last year, you know, put up very similar numbers, even though he only played in 13 games last year. So if you look at the – other than the touchdowns, which we all can agree – definitely, you know, can fluctuate quite a bit for wide receivers. You know, last year, Devontae Parker caught five less balls for 100 less yards, and albeit seven less touchdowns, but he also had Jay Cutler as his quarterback. So, you know, when just kind of looking at it in that fa- fashion, when you have a guy like Nelson Aguilar that everybody's hyping up and he's skyrocketing up ADP, and, and, and I know part of that's because he's part of an ascendant offense, but I just – Anyway, I, it's curious to me that some of these some guys, even though they put up very similar production, get a label of, you know, breaking out. Um, and and that's it, fair. I mean, and that and that has to. I mean, I, I think it comes down to recency, like what, like season to season. You know, like the year before that, you know, he was a guy that, like, I had a, on a roster I considered dropping. You know, because I'm like, this guy can't catch the ball. There's something in his head. He's he stinks. And all of a sudden now he's a he's a an asset. And I don't know that that people Aguilar people view him as like this amazing piece i think he's actually doesn't still doesn't get a lot of respect and and i don't know that he should because i think there are a lot of targets that go around the offense i think he's going to be okay but i mean you know what what are my expectations for him what's his ceiling i don't i don't know i mean is the ceiling to me it's like like lower end wide receiver too that's best case scenario for for aguilar in my book but maybe other people have bigger expectations for him i don't know yeah i mean i was told in a in a trade offer that was i was proposing out there somebody said they'd take aguilar over jeffrey that's crazy that's just crazy. Uh, um, and, and, you know, I'm not a big Alshon fan, but, you know, the ex-Chicago Bear, but, I mean, the guy's tremendously talented, and that's just dumb. I said I liked opinion. it. I don't agree with it, but I, I like it. I just like the boldness. <laughs> I guess I like the boldness. I'm sorry. Uh, so it's probably one of our loyal listeners. I'm sorry I called you dumb on the show, but you didn't say his name well, right? So that's good. we got a couple more to hammer out. The last one I just wanted to mention before we, we pop off here is just Richard Matthews is constantly undervalued. And he missed a couple of games last year, and again, that offense Absolutely. horrible. They they ran more touchdowns than they threw. Right now, he's going his wide receivers seventy five and ADP. Alan Hearns, Quincy Anunua, uh like Jordan Jordan Matthews would be he'd be up there. But like all these guys, Jordy Nelson, I might even take him over him because Jordy's thirty three. All these guys are going over Richard Matthews, who's been a decent producer. And I think like I think this will be the year. I could, I wanted to stamp it right now. Richard Matthews goes for a thousand yards this year. I like I like that I like Rashard Matthews that that's a great call. Um, no, another guy I want to throw out tying it to back to the Julian Edelman thing I said earlier. Chris Hogan is a guy that I think you can get for for nothing, and he has a chance to to have a big year with Tom Brady again. I mean, he was looking really good last year until he got hurt. So Chris Hogan's a guy I'm willing to pick up for if if, if it's a small investment. And I, I think you can pick him up for for not a lot. Yeah, I'm so mad at him for last year though because he kept on being like questionable and then not playing. Yeah, that was that was. That was awful. And his, so. and his nickname is Seven Eleven because he's open all day. Twenty four seven. That's a good way to close. You know, how, how can we top that? Uh, <laughs> any any other guys you want to throw out there before we before we, we, we call them? For what it's worth. No, you're right. No, I know, I know. Um, That's funny. No, nah, I'm 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 good. 
All right, you, you you did mention no, you didn't. There's one more guy in your list, Will. You didn't mention you really uh, who I like a lot, and I saved him for the for. I didn't mention him earlier when I talked about Everett. That's Johnny Smith. Yeah, and I said I th- I think I'd take Johnny Smith right now over all the other rookie tight ends, except I really like Goddard, uh, just for the future as far as a stash. But I think Johnny Smith. I mean, if he fell in draft capital because of his production fell because he got boiling water thrown in his face by his girlfriend, and so he is definitely a story that you can follow. And I think he's there. I don't know the, the parts that he's flat the I guess the pieces that he's flashed. I think he's the heir apparent to Delaney Walker and Delaney Walker is a stud. And so him learning behind him, I think is a great thing for his career. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I like Johnny Smith as like a year three breakout tight end. I, I like him a lot too, but got to get now because I, you know, Delaney Walker says after this year, okay, I'm retiring. All of a sudden, Johnny Smith's value goes way up, right? So yeah, uh, grab him, before, grab him while you can. Trade to your Dolphins. I'll take the Titans. I guess that's the way that this these buy lows come. <laughs> <laughs> How do you no, think about no that? Doubt. <laughs> we want to thank our listeners again for listening to the Fantasy Joes. Contact us directly, thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at ffjoes on Twitter. Your feedback is welcome. Let us know how we're doing and what you want from us. Uh, you, you want another salary cap show? Let us know. You didn't like it? Tell us that too. We, w- we want to give you the content that you want and deserve. We come at you weekly, very early Mondays in the summer with new episodes. But be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And leave us a positive review, won't you? Thank you. You can find us all on Twitter. Trey's at Trey Barrett. Will is at FantasyJoe underscore Will. And I'm at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And we are... Peter Brady. No, we are the <laughs> Fantasy Joes. My voice is cracking. It's like Peter Brady. And hit us up on Twitter because we are also 7-Eleven. Open all day on Twitter. Nice. That's right. It'll probably take me a while to respond, but it's open.